I'm really disappointed. I am completely disappointed. I cannot believe it. Some of our guys are really, really down in the dumps. We know, we're trying. What the hell? I mean, we're, we're doing the best we can. Does that go down in one of the great speeches in Canadian history? Game four at Vancouver's Pacific Coliseum. It is 1972. Canada has had a bad game against the then Soviet Union. Soviets win 5-3. Remember, Canada was supposed to kick their butts. And then that was the great Phil Esposito. Skates onto the rink and gives a very famous speech. And he kept talking and he was getting booed. And all this was part of a a memory. I, I read over the last couple nights a great new book by a guy who was my hero growing up. I imitated him in that. I got to know him later in one of the thrills of my life when he entered politics. The author, the lawyer, the Hall of Fame goalie, Ken Dryden, who was just written a new book about the 1972 Summit Series, maybe the most important hockey series, certainly in in Canadian history, maybe one of the most important in the world. And his new book is called What I Remember, What It Felt Like, What It Feels Like Now, the series. And he's, of course, part of a great new documentary on CBC about the Summit Series that my pal Nick DePonsier has put together. And a pleasure to welcome Ken Dryden to the program. Mr. Dryden, sir, how are you doing, Ken? I'm fine, Evan. How are you? God, that speech by Esposito. What do you remember about that? Well, the thing is, of course, I mean, we didn't hear it. We're in the we're in the dressing room. We've we've uh, we've lost, and and uh, there are no TVs in the dressing room, and players don't hang around uh, listening to other players being interviewed at the end of a game. I don't think I knew about it, and I'm sure most of the players didn't for a couple of weeks after, if not. Uh, months and, and years after, um, I think the I think the impact that it had, and 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 as you say, I mean it was it was it was a great speech. I mean it was I mean it was an answer to a question. It wasn't it wasn't it didn't set out he didn't set out to make a speech, but it was it, it was exactly the answer that was so critical. At the moment, and not just what he said, but the way he said it, and that, and that up until that time, I mean, as you, you know, related, I mean, this is the end of the the Canada portion of the series. We're down two games to one with a game tied. Now we're heading off to Moscow, and and uh, uh, and the Canadian fans, as Phil said, are really. I mean, as you know, we were really disappointed. They are really disappointed. I mean, beyond disappointed, they're angry, and they're angry not only that. That we uh, are down in the series that we were supposed to dominate, but that that it was the way in which we were down. I mean that that we were these professional players. They were supposed to be the amateurs. That World Hockey Association was around now. Uh, uh, salaries were skyrocketing. Um, we we had agents now. Uh, we carried around attaché cases. Um, clearly, we didn't care. And clearly, the fans cared, and and this was outrageous, and that's why they were so angry uh, at us, and they booed us throughout the the game. And then Phil says what he says, and and to an audience at home that is feeling that way about us, and then they look at Phil, they look at his face, and the sweat is pouring down his face, and his skin is hanging, and he's saying these words, 
And clearly, this is a guy who cares. I mean, this is this is direct a, a direct you know ex- expression back to what everybody was feeling. And I think that mm. from from that point on, really, it was kind. It was a instead of an us and them, meaning us the players, and them meaning the Canadian fans. It became an us, and uh, and it was well. Let's you know we're off to Moscow, and let's see what we can do. Speaking of Ken Dryden, Hall of Fame goal, he was part of that. I mean, you were shellacked in one of those games uh, early on. I think the first game or the second game. And, no, it was the first. Game. Oh, the first game. That's right. You were shellacked, and 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 people don't realize that. Like like I, one of the things I love about your book is I people don't remember. We all remember the Paul Henderson goal, and and of course it's you know how victory kind of sheds puts this penumbra of light over the struggle. But that was there was no sure thing there. When did you realize? That this was more, first of all, that you guys went for a a battle that you didn't even expect. These guys were way better. And that Ken Dryden, this was more than just a hockey series. This, this was a, this was a symbolic and political battle. Well, I, I, I knew, I knew the answer to the second part right from the beginning because, I mean, I, I was born in 1947. Uh, I was a hockey fan all of my life. And, and my first, international hockey memory was in 1955 and I was seven years old and I remember listening to the radio broadcast on CBC of the final game between the Penticton V's and the Soviet national team and and the Russians had won the world championship the year before had stunned everybody because they had only started playing hockey eight years before in 1946 and so you know that not only did Canada lose the world championships, but we lost to the Russians. And so we were all listening, and the game was so important that Foster Hewitt, who was the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the voice of, 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 of hockey, really, in English Canada uh, for decades, he went to Europe to broadcast uh, that game. And, 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 and Penticton won five to nothing. And so, I mean, you know, we're watching that. And, and then watching, or, you know, we weren't even watching, we we're listening in years later, the Whitby Dunlops, the Belleville McFarlands, the Trail Smoke Eaters, um, they won the world championships. But then by the early 1960s, it was, it was over. The, the, the Europeans were getting to be too good. The Russians were too good. Yeah. And the senior teams weren't good enough. And then Father Bauer created a national team of players um, out of junior who were good junior players, but the best ones still went on to the NHL. And as the decade played out, we just, it was just clear that Canada couldn't win. And the completely annoying thing for any of us during that time was that we knew we were the best. Um, All the hockey countries in the world knew we were the best. The Soviets knew we were the best. And every year they were called world champions. And that was just totally infuriating. So that was the backdrop uh, as the puck was dropped in Montreal uh, on September the 2nd in 1972. That's what was inside us as players. That's what was inside 19,000 people in the forum and 22 million Canadians across the country. What's amazing, I got two minutes, then we'll take a break and we'll come back with Ken Dryden. What's crazy is... They were they were ahead of us on fitness. The Russians were training, and and when I read your book and others, you guys were kind of partying. 
Well, I, I, actually, I wouldn't. I, that's not what I wrote. That's not what I believe. And I don't think that was the case. I think that what, what was the case was that the, the way in which hockey was played and, and, and developed and, and trained for at that particular time is NHL seasons would end by the end of March. The next season wouldn't begin until early October. There were about five months in there, and this was the off-season. For many of those years, because salaries weren't that high, a lot of players had second jobs. Yeah, they had to work. Players. Yeah, they had to work you know, during, during the summer. And so what you did is that you, you basically, you know, you, you know, you play golf, you might play tennis, you might do a little bit of jogging, but that was it. The idea was not to gain weight over the summer so that when training camp began and training camps were a lot longer, you would gradually get your way into shape. And by the time the season began, you were in decent shape and you'd get in better shape. But the, the key of all of that was is that you were up against players who were preparing themselves in exactly the same way. Right. Everybody. Oh, okay. Ken, Ken, hang on. I got to take a break. But you're right. And of course, the Russians have been preparing in a different way. I'm speaking to Ken Dryden about his new book, The Series, as we mark 50 years of the Summit Series. And he's back next. Yaye, here's a shot. Henderson made a wild stab for fell. Here's another shot right by the door. Well, that may be the most famous goal in Canadian history, Paul Henderson, who'd scored a number of game winners in the famous Summit Series that is being commemorated 50 years ago by a documentary series on the CBC and a great new book by Ken Dryden called The Series, What I Remember, What It Felt Like, What It Feels Like Now, one of the two goalies for Team Canada, and of course went on to be a Hall of Fame goalie, and he joins me now. I mean, we all remember the Paul Henderson goal, but the... But What's remarkable is the lead up to there. Um, what was it like to go back? Because, you know, athletes usually remember almost everything, Ken Dryden. You know, you, you talk to an old pitcher, like, I remember in the ninth inning 30 years ago, I threw a, you know, a slider and it was outside. I should have thrown a fastball. So much of what you talk about that I found fascinating in your book, Ken Dryden, is, is your memories are very, uh, a lot of details are missing because you're in it in the moment. What was it like to, to go back and kind of look at this series that we all have obsessed about for 50 years? Yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's a good point. And, and that's really what I had to do. And I knew I had to do it. And, and that the idea of, of, of doing the book was, um, it was a little bit for, for people who were, old enough to have a first-hand memory of it and for them to have a chance to revisit it. But to a great extent, it was for the great majority of Canadians who, would, who are you know, living now and in Canada who would have no first-hand memory whatsoever. And the only thing that they would have heard about that series would have been second or third-hand from parents or grandparents and and kind of legendary lore that is always a little suspicious and you're never quite sure that you can believe it and you have your own reference points you have the 87 canada cup uh, with gretzky and lemure you have the 2010 vancouver olympics with crosby's uh golden goal and so why why would this series be different from them uh other than it's the story of my father or my grandparents uh telling it uh 
Yeah, why and, does it matter now? A lot of people might well, ask. That's right. And so, you know, the, the idea was that you know, if, 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 if it's worth talking about, I've got to put them in, into that moment. Just as you're describing um, uh, for me is that I had to go back into the moment myself in order to put any reader back into that moment so that at the end of the book, they might say, ah, oh, I get it now. I get it why it's commemorated 50 years later, why the 87 Canada Cup, as great as it was, it's kind of fading somewhat from memory. And even the Vancouver Golden Goal, it doesn't seem like it will last as, uh, you know, as a 50-year memory. And, and, and so, you know, that, that was the, you know, and, and so, you know, the difficult part when you're, when you're reliving it is that you're reliving lousy moments as well as triumphant moments. And so it meant reliving the first game in Montreal and losing seven to three in a game that we couldn't lose. We, you know, we were going to, we scored the first two goals of the game within six minutes. We were, we were going to dominate and we lost. And then, you know, the, the, the rest of that up and down and, and who knows where anything is going to go. You have to relive those things. And it's like, like I've never watched. Hang on, I, I, no, that's, I can't say that. Once when I was doing a CBC series at the end of right. 1980s, I, I watched the series again. Or I watched it for the first time. I had, re, I, I had chosen not to watch it before. Because as I, as I started to watch, all of the feelings were coming back. And, oh, my God, I know what's going to happen next. I know how I'm going to feel. And this is horrible. And it was horrible then. And I don't want to go back through it again. It was horrible. I, I right? That's amazing it. that you felt. Because for, for us, it, it ends in triumph. But as you write in the book, you hit the, like, it was desperate in there, wasn't it? It was lonely, yeah. desperate. Yeah, I mean, like you know, the stakes were like, you know, that uh, I know you're a sports fan. I'm a sports fan. I, I grew up with the story of I was too young to, to have any firsthand memory of it. But the story of Bobby Thompson and Ralph Branca and Bobby Thompson hit a home run for the Giants that won the pennant. Giants uh, win the pennant. Up. The Giants win the pennant. I was 54. Uh, no, I think it was 1950. The 51. 51 yeah. and, and, and Ralph Branca was the pitcher. And, and Ralph Branca was a decent pitcher. But from then on, he was the guy who gave up Bobby Thompson's home run. Anybody who's a baseball fan from the, through the 1980s, Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner was a good player. Yeah. He let a ground ball go through his legs. For the Red Sox. And, for the Red Sox. And the Red Sox, on the verge of winning their first World Series in 70 years or something, lost. And so I knew the stakes of, of the, you know, that this, this series was going to create an all-time hero. And very likely, it was going to create an all-time goat, as, as mm. before goat became greatest of all time. Right. I mean, that's what was going to happen. We knew the stakes, you know, of, of all of this. So we're riding this roller coaster. And, but unlike, you know, a roller coaster where you can almost predict where the next up and down and twist and turn is going to be. This was a series that had no predictable moments. It was going wherever it was going to go, and you had to find a way of dealing with it, coping with it, finding an answer for what had happened before for what is going to happen next. Uh, by the way, you are 100% right. 1951, the Dodgers, uh, the shot heard around the world. Can I ask you about the stakes were so high 
And then a young Bobby Clark, who goes on also to be a Hall of Famer, of course, um, has that, I, I think it's game seven, slashes the greatest, maybe the most effective Russian player, Karlamov, Valerie Karlamov, the slash breaks his ankle. Um, in the end, was that, I mean, I, I, don't, I know you've, you've been asked about it, but was that just a sign of desperation? And, and did Canada need to win? A lot of people say you had to win dirty. Well, you know, the, I, I don't really quite know the answer to that. I mean, I, I, that, that all, all that I know is that I didn't, I didn't even know what happened until I think the series was over. I saw that Karlamov wasn't on the ice. Uh, uh, I think the what you're talking about happened. It might have happened in the sixth game. I'm not sure, but but I, I knew he wasn't on probably for the next game. And then I think he tried to play the eighth game, but really he was too injured, you know, to play. And and uh, and I mean, I, I I can't answer the question. I mean that that we all have our our moments. We all have the things that we are, you know, going. You know, uh, we we have lines. Uh, for ourselves that we cross or we don't cross the thing that 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 is 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 the hardest to you know in order to find an answer for it is that I would suspect in your life and I know in my life that I would have had lines at a certain point and all of a sudden I put in a situation yeah and where that line is starts to uh, shift on me and and I think that for all of us the, the 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 experience that almost none of us have had, but that we wonder about, is in terms of war. I mean, you know, that here are that you know that the vast vast majority of of soldiers have 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 never been in the situation and you of finding somebody shooting at them before. Uh, but Ken Dryden, you're right about Game Six. A Hockey Hall of Fame, your, your new book, this series, What I Remember, What It Felt Like, What It Feels Like, is so great. Thanks for joining us. Please read this book, folks.